Welcome back to another episode of Lemon Pepper Wet Podcast, bringing you the latest, the laughter, and the lessons we learn along the way. The lemon is what leaves a sour taste in our mouth, the pepper is that hot topic that has everybody talking, and the wet is what quenches our thirst and gives us life. Join the conversation on Instagram at Lemon Pepper Wet Pod and Facebook. We don't and, get on Facebook. Yeah, no, but we get on Twitter sometimes. Okay, where are we, where are we on Twitter? Lemon Pepper Wet, at Lemon Pepper Wet. Um, I'm Bethany. And I'm Christina. Cheers. Yay. Welcome back, home. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, guys, we're coming to you from our studio. We are so proud of this situation. We're so crafty. So we have a makeshift studio. It's literally a closet. But aren't all studios closets? It's Basically. like It's like... Every studio is a closet, but every closet isn't a studio. Kind of like the square rectangle thing. Sure. Yeah. I'll go for that. Okay. <laughs> so we're in our studio. Hopefully the sound quality sounds just a skosh better. Just a skosh. We're trying to eliminate some of those echoes. We are. And we're going to start. We're going to just jump right into the show. Yeah. We took some break. Uh, some weeks off because we had Mother's Day and then you went to the lake, mm-hmm. but now we're back. Yes. And so we want to start with our dab that we had on our last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, what was the conversation surrounding mental health in your household? As you know, it's May and it's Mental Health Awareness Month and we just want to shine some light on the topic. Yeah. Why not? We always do. Of course. What? I, I want to ask you that question. Oh, <laughs> um, mental mental health. Yes, I think that it wasn't a topic that was never touched per se, mm-hmm. but it wasn't spoken of in relevance to the people that lived in the house. So it was something that I was very aware, it, like. As in, as in mental health, as in just, I know that's a very broad term, but both illnesses and care alike and paying attention to your mental, mental health or what it means to take care of your mental health. Mm-hmm. All of those things were kind of spoken about like in regards to other people, like people on TV or famous psycho killers or, you know, people that we may have known like outside of the family. You know how black parents are. They talk a lot of shit sometimes. Probably all parents realistically. But, you know, people at church or people that the family of family friends and stuff like that. So. It, it was never something that I felt like I needed to pay much attention to for myself because it was just like, oh, you you pray. Yeah. You know what I'm Ooh. saying? If you're if you're not feeling right in the head. There's a prayer for everything. There's a prayer for everything. I don't know what the hell they are. Me either. But I do know. <laughs> I do know. That there is a prayer for every illness or ailment or situation. All of it. Yeah. So yeah, that was the go-to. Jesus, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost can heal any and everything. Which I'm not saying he or she can't, but I just, or or maybe they're (laughs) non-gender conforming. (laughs) Don't label. Um, But yeah, so it wasn't. And 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 when I did finally start to educate myself, like when I became older, and I started to develop a close-knit group of friends who you know were getting educations 
in various forms outside of their own households. And we started to like conduct our own conversations about what was happening in our lives. I mm-hmm. think that's when a kind of a shift happened, maybe like after high school, sometime late college, mm-hmm. when I started meeting people that were older than me. And those were people that I were, I was around regularly and not like in a, in a minor elder sense, but yeah. like these social. people. Yeah. So in social settings, like this guy is 10 years older than me, but we're at the same party kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I started to gain friends that were a little bit older, a little bit wiser. And I think that's probably when I started to be like, you know, maybe there's something more to this than what I've been taught my whole life. Okay. You know, but in within my house and even still, even still now, if like, I remember the last, probably the last conversation that I had with my parents openly about mental health was when I told them however many years ago, maybe like 2016. 2015 or something like that that I was actually going to see a counselor uh-huh. and my dad very facetiously like scoffed and was like oh what you crazy or something mm. and I was just like okay this is obviously a conversation we're not we're doing this never gonna have yeah. you know like and that's fine so I try to be that for my sisters because I know they're not getting it from my parents probably the way I, and, I, and I don't know the right and wrong way but I know there's other ways that I would have appreciated having the conversation in my house that I know they're not getting. And we're actually going to talk about that a little bit later, how to bring it up in the household. Um, For me, uh, as far as the conversation about mental health goes, I think it wasn't really brought up until it had to be. So maybe I repressed this. I don't know. We're friends here, so I'm going to get personal. Yeah. But I went to see my first therapist when I was probably in middle school. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what caused me to go see the therapist or what made my mom take me. Mm-hmm. But my experience wasn't great mm-hmm. because it it was it was a, a black woman, which was great, you know, for familiar familiarity I prefer to see people that look like me Uh and understand my walk of life Uh but my mom was in the room so I didn't feel comfortable telling her stuff because I felt like I was gonna get in trouble and then at one point I felt like it was kind of like well you need to listen to your mom and your your mother knows best and you need to stay in a child's place yeah it was not the therapy that I needed. It wasn't therapeutic <laughs> at all. Um, so, and and I also think my mom being a nurse, like being in the medical field, kind of had her open to other forms mm-hmm. of therapy. And she also studied psychology in college. So she was already like in tune uh-huh. with that kind of practice, but it still wasn't talked about openly. There still was a level of like, skirting around the issue yeah skirting around the issue and i i even remember the first time i told my dad i was depressed he was like what are you sad about yeah he was like i I don't under he's like i just he's like i don't understand like this isn't if in his mind if it's something that can't be paid for or like fixed by paying someone else to fix it then i don't know what to do what to do yeah Yeah. like if it's not a tangible thing and then also it's like i think we kind of touched on this before and i kind of was turned up a little bit when i was talking about it but i think 
our parents, their generation, it there there just literally was no room. It's almost like we're kind of I know in my family, I feel like me and the cousins that are along the same generation in that same generation, we're kind of the first group of people in my family who had the room and opportunity to say even like I'm, I'm depressed, depressed because yeah. it's not like you have to be out helping pay the bills or yeah. working when you're 17 that's or moving privilege. out. You know, that's the privilege that we have is to be able to explore or even even think about mentioning it. You mm, know, so is, I feel like no, I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> What were you going to say? Is it a privilege to be able to recognize your mental health issues? Yeah. Okay. I absolutely think yeah. so. I absolutely think so. I think I think people are privileged in a lot of ways that the fact that you even had to question whether that was a privilege yeah. shows how privileged you are. You <laughs> yes. know what I mean? Because yes. for some people, it really isn't an option. Yeah. So I, I think, I mean, and I'm not saying that it's right or wrong. I'm not excusing that behavior. But, you know, like, as you learn and grow, you kind of realize, like, okay, that was how things were then. Now that I recognize, like, what do we do at this point? Yeah, how do we change it? <laughs> right. Okay, so that's just our personal experiences with mental health growing up. But we wanted to know. We wanted to get in everyone's business. So we asked everyone what was the conversation surrounding mental health in your household? And here are a few answers. So up first, we have um, CD Gray 89 on Instagram says, there wasn't any talk of the crazy, in quotation marks, uh-huh. family members were made fun of and exploited for their benefits. If you were feeling depressed or hopeless, you couldn't talk to anyone. Therapy was discouraged, and the motto was, put your big girl panties on. Today, I'm all for therapy and the pres- preservation of my mental health. Same. I mean, yes. this is, that's exactly like word for word, you the know, situation. the experience. Yeah. Um, Siobhan Antoinette says, there was absolutely none. I didn't even really know about therapy until I was a grown ass woman. Mm-hmm. Domino 13 says, this is, this must have been something that was told to him. <laughs> you went ADD when it comes to those video games. <laughs> But even though that's funny, I think that, and I'm sure there's some studies somewhere by someone way smarter than me that probably shows the correlation of young black men who do have ADD and attention disorders who are treated differently than other children who have the same disorders. Like they're put into the category of being bad or, you know, misbehaved or... Unable to, to work or, with a uh, school to prison pipeline. Exactly, like kids who have ADD, they want to either hold you back. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They don't want to cater to your needs. It's he's disruptive. He's going to go to not a class that's more beneficial for him, but a class that isolates him from everybody else, so he can go ahead and get used to what it feels like to be separated from society. Exactly. Ugh, disgusting, and I, I don't, I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it at all. Yeah. <laughs> Um, look at my gab says crickets, yeah. <laughs> flunked fiction. He says, oh, we ignored that shit indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm older and I dive into the topic frequently on my spare time, it's kind of sad how many discuss- discussions should have taken place that never did. And MJ fan for life 80 says, just pray. Yeah. Um, flunked fiction. It's interesting. Like, I think we all have 
looked back retrospectively and like, hmm, yeah. this could have been different. Like right. we could have changed it up a little bit. Right. Or you're realizing, like you said, there's a lot of repression and suppression that happens. I think one is subconscious and one is intentional. But anyway, yeah. there's a lot of repression <laughs> and suppression that happens because you don't get to get that shit out. Like mm-hmm. no one's encouraging or asking you. I know a lot of the reasons that <laughs> I, I struggle with some of the things that I do is simply because I could not talk about, I couldn't talk about it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't, I'm not saying that I couldn't, but for some reason I was made to feel afraid or I like that I would be iced out or isolated or I would break up my family mm-hmm. or it just wasn't welcomed, you yeah. know, like, it wasn't until I felt like keeping certain things inside would affect other people that I love, like my sisters directly, that I felt like, okay, now is the time for me to bust this shit wide open. Yeah. You know, when which you- is wild because why couldn't I have that same sort of vigilance for myself? I mean, we tend to treat other, or some people tend to treat others better than they do themselves. True. Which is not awful but at least you're recognizing that you need to help yourself before you can help <laughs> yeah um uh the, basically everyone kind of felt the same way that yeah. it wasn't talked about but we did get one response and they would rather be kept private but um they said that we went to therapy quite often my mom suffered from depression for a very long time due to some emotional abuse Therapy didn't help much, though. I could probably use a good therapist now because I don't think it's all resolved. But it was kind of talked about, but not a whole lot since she was dealing with it herself. Yeah. I think that's really interesting because how many, how often, oftentimes we don't know what our parents is going, what they're going through. Yeah. And I think they kind of suffer in silence for the sake of us. Sometimes, but also I think. Again, it has a lot to do with cultural differences, Mm. racial divides. Like for some people, again, there is the privilege of being able to be even diagnosed with depression. For someone who's our age to say that their mother Mm -hmm. was diagnosed with depression for a very long time. Yeah. That's not something that we hear often amongst people like that look like us. Yeah. You know? I hear that. I think it's interesting that that person even noted that their mother was diagnosed with depression because growing up, I didn't know anyone who was diagnosed with anything. Right, right. You know, we just kind of casually referred to them as touched right. or yes. a little off right. or, or crazy yeah. or if they were gay they were sweet exactly. or a little sugar in their tank exactly. or whatever yeah so it's like you know to grow up with the knowledge that there are people who are depressed and that person could very well be my mother mm-hmm. and look at all the work that she's doing she's going to th- I'm seeing her go to therapy mm-hmm. to work on her mm-hmm. illness it kind of you know I don't know what that person's growing up life was like, but I apparently it left an impression that they feel like they could benefit from therapy mm-hmm. as well. Like mm-hmm. it kind of 
started this cycle of this shouldn't be so taboo. This is something that should be it's considered normal. normal. It's normalized. Right. You know, and right. I, I do think that, you know, it's unfortunate, but it's also kind of dope that yeah. you had a different experience. Right. And I think it's also dope that we have a, the, we've been... We ha- we came from a situation that did provide us the privilege to kind of not have to worry about other things that could have distracted us. Even even now, like at thirty, we we have so many issues that I think don't affect us or affect us indirectly, or we have the option to just like opt out of having that conversation yeah. for that day. That we do have space to even have this conversation. Like what we're doing right now is breaking the cycle of. Not naming it, not talking yeah. about it, skirting around the issue, calling people crazy. Mm-hmm. It's it's opening up the forum to to change that whole conversation. I agree. And I mentioned earlier that we were gonna get back to how to bring in, how to bring up the conversation in your own home. Mm-hmm. My cousin Denisha Burke, shout out, shout out, is a mental health professional. She's actually a professor. In Jamaica, and she sent us an email called Getting the Conversation Started. I always ask her, like, you know, you know, we talk about mental health, but I want to hear from someone who has dedicated their life's work to Uh this. So she sent this email and efforts to help um, start developing an understanding of mental health in the home. Right. And so just skimming over, I'm going to put this on our website, on our blog, and I hope you guys check it out. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Go read it. Yeah. Um, she has four points. So the first one is begin discussing and helping kids identify from a young age a different range of emotions. Ooh, I think that is key. And I know it seems so like Simple. one plus one equals two. Yeah. But... I do like how we were talking about, um, you know, you don't have ADD when you play in that video game. It's like, I can't even talk about my emotions because you're assuming what my emotion is for me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm angry about something or I'm frustrated and I can't articulate how I feel, I'm being disobedient. Exactly. You know what I mean? I'm just not listening to my mother. And it's like, not quite, you know? It's not always. I think people think that children are just... Should be seen and not heard. Exactly. Like, they don't go through a range of emotions. And they really do. Um, I saw this video on the internet somewhere. And these children were, like, walking in to their class in the morning. And the teacher had, like, an emotion chart. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, they touch whatever they're feeling. And it's, like, I'm feeling happy. I'm excited. I'm sad. And then, equally, they had another chart that was, like, do you, how do you want to be greeted? Do you want a high five? Do yes. you want a hug? Do you want do you a fist wave? bump? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, that's so beautiful. Yeah, and it and it it says so much without saying much at all. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's just like it's normalizing that shit. Exactly, exactly. Um, number two, how do you feel? Everyone has feelings, the good, the bad, and in between. If a person knows that different emotions exist and that someone cares to know how they are feeling, then the stage for the conversation mm-hmm. has been set. Yeah. How often do you ask your sisters how they feel? Um, every time I speak to them. Yeah. But I, again, I think it's one of those things that 
I think it's become second nature to me because I remember being 16 and 17 and not ever expressing how I felt about anything. Yeah. You know? For sure. So, and, and also, I'm like genuinely interested. I'm not saying that parents aren't interested in their kids, but I think there is kind of a rigmarole, a rat race that people get drawn into and you kind of forget like, oh, I'm not just going through the motions. I'm actually like raising a human being. Like I'm trying to raise a functioning person of society. Like, so I don't know. It's just like parents do a lot. I know they do. Some of them are single parents and they work really hard. And again, there's not a lot of space or it doesn't seem like there's a lot of space. But like we're saying, normalizing the conversation, integrating it into every day when your kids wake up in the morning. Yeah, that's a perfect time to talk, ask them how they're feeling today. Or even if even if it's in retrospect, like how was your evening last night like how, did you go to sleep okay how did you sleep yeah you know like judy time every time she wakes <laughs> up her you, baby how she's like how was your sleep yeah you know like <laughs> just checking in i think that's important and it doesn't take a long time to do it you know yeah and most times because they're just kids are or teenagers anyway are super like nonchalant about everything mm-hmm. and they're just like whatever you know yeah. most times why is that <laughs> what the it's fuck? Just, i think it's because they think you won't understand and you know what i'm asking as if i wasn't a teenager like 15 years ago right. or 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 i know sometimes because i have to catch myself when i turn into their second mom yeah like, you know whatever you say is gonna turn into this whole dissertation so yeah. you're just like i don't even want to say how i feel you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying because i know it's just gonna be you preaching at me and telling her about your me. experience yeah, and turning it into something that you want to talk about yeah so most times i am greeted with the like oh, it's fine everything's fine you know yeah. what i'm saying but every once in a well it'll just be like well you know and then i'm like okay it's time, time. you're on it's time. you're That's on time. <laughs> 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 yeah exactly so i think you'll be surprised like be intentional and be persistent about showing the people in your life that you care about them and also it does, sometimes they will call me like i'll be at work and they'll call me and they'll be like can we talk and i'm like oh okay yeah, <laughs> yeah sure you know even even outside of little people or people younger than us, I've been making it a point to ask my friends yes. how they feel. Like, if we text, I'm like, how do you feel today? Like, yeah. how you feeling? Mm-hmm. What's going on with you? Yeah, You know, exactly. like, I just... Feel the right. air, like notice right. the pattern. Like right. if you if you're acting funny, like if I'm gonna be real, right. <laughs> the other day I was like, "What's up, Christina? Like, what's going on when? with you?" When you're like, "I'm just feeling a little antisocial." <laughs> oh, oh, when Game of Thrones started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and you did, you did all the things. It was like, and I appreciated it, and I was like, even though nothing was wrong, nothing, like, was, nothing wrong. was wrong, and but- something probably was wrong, but it didn't feel over overwhelming to the point where it wasn't something that I couldn't just work through on my own but it was definitely nice and hella comforting to know that the option was there for me to have someone else to lean on you know had it been it does make you feel good and it's like even though I was in a weird funky little place then it's like even that little tiny conversation just made me that much more sprite you know what I'm saying so it's just like it a little does definitely go a long way check in check on your Check it, check it. I mean, 
Check do it all though. Your friends. Do it though. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Number three. Oh, you care. Dot dot dot. Knowing that someone has a vested interest in our well-being is the beginning of putting one at ease for sharing. And that's exactly what any conversation about mental health will need, feeling comfortable. Just knowing that someone cares is critical when starting any conversation about mental health. Literally what we just said. I think we jumped ahead. Number four, speak up. Whatever side of the coin you may be on, whether it be the person experiencing something or the one who senses something, it's important to open your mouth or open our mouths. It's the only way to get the conversation started. So if you notice a friend or family member may be going through something, it's okay to say, hey, you good? How you feeling? Likewise, if you're experiencing something and have a trusted other to open up to, go ahead, do that. And it is true. Not everyone will feel comfortable speaking with friends or family, and that's okay. Professional help is perfectly acceptable. Bottom line, we must all use our voices. Now go get that conversation started. Yes. Thank you Cute. so much for that. And I'm just going to big her up just one time. Mm-hmm. That is Denisha Burke, Associate Clinical Psychologist and University Lecturer. So that's Shouting. my smart cousin who always wants to talk. And she really does make you feel comfortable enough to be like, you know what? This this. This thing right here is fucked up. Let me yeah. tell you about it. Yeah, and that's that's a real gift to have people yeah. who um, make other people feel that way. For sure. Yeah. I another thing to another point that she said. I can remember us meet you and I, a mutual friend that we ha- had us? was going through. Yes, was going through something really wild for like a couple days in a row, uh-huh. and. I, we were like our whole like friends, close friends group was kind of up in a tizzy about it. Mm-hmm. And I remember that particular person not opening up to anybody or just like insisting that everything was fine. Everything was fine when clearly we all knew everything wasn't fine. Yes. But the only option that I felt or what I had on standby was a list of professionals. Like I went myself and found a list of people that looked like this person mm-hmm. that I felt, you know, and obviously I can't make that decision for anybody, but how we were just saying, I know I would want someone who looked like me. Yeah. You know, I would rather speak to a black woman. I looked for someone who identified closely with that person in lots of different spaces and was like, okay, I have these numbers yeah. just in case it's like that person comes and is like, like I don't, you don't want to talk to me, but, but here you are some go. people you can talk yes, to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I guess that's our mental health segment, Yeah, but you know, we're going to keep preaching this like till we're blue in the face or Mm -hmm. can we get blue in the face? Um, I don't think so. No. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to keep talking about this shit until y'all get it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. You know? Exactly. Um, so yeah, mental health awareness, definitely a wet. I think it's a wet. And I, and I definitely appreciate everyone who responded. There was a few other responses on Twitter. I know, um, mindset podcast. Uh (laughs) Um, I know they responded that they grew up with mental health professionals in the Mm. household. So that kind of, but is that like a catch 22 though? Is someone always trying to like mental health professional you? Okay. Actually, I'm just going to read the answer. Okay. Um, we didn't talk about mental health in depth when I was younger, but we knew it was important. My parents stressed the importance of physical health. Stick a pin. I'm going to come back to Uh that. 
Um, more because of illnesses that run in the family, i.e. hypertension, diabetes. I also think it was because they both were in, they both were the people in their families that went into healthcare. It wasn't until I started studying psychology and asking questions that I realized much of my family had traumas that they had yet to work through because life happens and you move on. In my extended family, we rarely talked about mental health, even though family members suffered from mental illness, low key. And I say that, I say Sigapin because I think we as Black people do put more importance on physical health mm-hmm. because, like I said, that's something that we could see right. and that's something that a doctor can be like, these are your levels, right. you got high blood pressure, right. like right. these are the things you need to work on right. or you're overweight right. or whatever it is. Right. So, of course, that's going to be more important because it's like that thing you can see yeah, and it's hold. more tangible. It's yeah. tangible. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Like we don't we don't talk about the things that are more yeah. abstract. Or even how sometimes your physical health can be directly fucking related to your, your mental, mental health. health. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, stay stay aware, guys. Stay, stay woke. Stay woke. <laughs> All right, what's up next? All right. So, I don't know. It's been a it, I hate to be like, it's been just a lemony ass season or like the tw- 2019 doesn't feel much different than 2018 or 2017, if I'm going to be completely honest. I mean, there's just a lot of shit going down. I, I mean, definitely think it has something to do with the current um, administration administration. And that's probably why it feels so fucked, fucked up. Yeah. yeah. Just like this umbrella of fucked upness. Yeah. Yes. Um, or terminology and vocabulary. So we don't have none of that. <laughs> if you have been hiding under a rock, maybe you have, maybe you don't give a shit. Um, but a few states, Georgia included, have passed recently passed um what is I guess called like not informally he- called the heartbeat, the heartbeat bill. bill. It's like HB one four whatever. Yeah, and essentially it's a ban on abortion that states if you can detect a heartbeat inside the womb that the mother can it, it is it's a criminal act to have an abortion mm-hmm. for both the person having the abortion and the person assisting or administering I guess is how you say that mm-hmm. the abortion um which is really wild oh, but you know I try to really think about the context in which I talk about it especially with my my fellow or with white people um okay because People want to assume outrage so much around this thing. Or I guess the people that are in my life, the people that I directly are in contact, the pages that I follow, the things that I look at. Like, I'm a pretty liberal person across the board. So I'm not seeing very many people say that are excited about this or happy or in support of this. But um, even still within that group of people, there's still a lot to be learned and a lot to be said. And so when I'm having the conversation, especially in my line of work, often I'm having the conversation mm. with white women and, you know, they're always the favorite thing to say, it's handmaid's tale. And I'm like, slavery was handmaid's tale. Like women were sterilized. Black women and indigenous women were sterilized without consent in this country as 
early as the 70s. Yeah. Like, this is not, this is information that you don't know because you don't care about certain people's bodies. Yeah. You only care about your body. Mm. So, while it is fucked up, and while I do know the consequences of what can happen, I know exactly who, the people that are going to suffer the most from this. Yeah. It's, it's a lemon within a lemon because it's really hard to carry this conversation or feel passionate or emblazoned by it when a lot of it just seems like fake or ill-informed outrage. Why do you feel like it... Where do you feel like the fakeness comes from? I feel... Especially okay. from... And I'm just, I'm just asking questions yeah. here. But from white women in particular, why because do you again, feel like it's Because again, fake? if you... If this was something that you really cared about, if you weren't just on a bandwagon, then this conversation is something you would have been talking about light years ago. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And the fact that you're so, that you can so easily say out of your mouth, like, what is this country coming to? And how could this be? We live in America. Where the fuck you been? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm like, um... I'm sorry, but like this <laughs> country, been fucked shit's up. been fucked up, yeah. and you can't. And and then and then the 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 face that gets the the like confusion that happens in people's faces when you're like, oh well, do you know who Henrietta Lacks is? Mm. Do you know that they stole her cells and they're still using them and have never give given the family retribution, never took her consent or anything like that? Mm. Do you know how gynecology and obstetrics started in this country by doing procedures on slaves, black women? No consent. No consent or anesthesia. Mm. Did you know that? And it's just like, oh, but that's not what we're talking about. But it's like, no, 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 but it, it's all related. Yeah. It's all related. I mean, it's what we're talking about. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It's like the fake outrage. It's like, you can't really be mad about this. You can't really be a person who, if you're saying certain things, if you're, if you're having a certain conversation amongst you and your friends, and if you're posting certain things on your page about, women's rights and our bodies our choice mm-hmm. and pussy hats and all this shit the pussy hats were never for me i thought that was stupid yeah well all of the <laughs> white feminism in general is kind of stupid yeah but you know that I, that is what i feel like the major. that's who's leading the conversation i have to make a conscious effort to like dig through the mire and the muck and find my black queens and kings who are or whoever that are having the conversation the way it should be had mm-hmm. and the way it should be molded because there's a lot of just fluff there's, there's a, lot a lot of, of people fluff who, and i feel like there's a lot of um angry for right now yeah you know like the this doesn't this bill doesn't get enacted like it doesn't go into effect until next year mm-hmm. so i'm really wondering like what's that energy going to be like come voting season? Right. You know what I mean? Like, are you still going to be as angry as you are right now mm-hmm. next year? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I feel the polls don't lie. I, I mean, well, okay. I, I should not say that. Okay. And also I have deeply conflicting thoughts about my overarching thing is to encourage people to vote. Yes. But I also understand certain groups of people, i.e. read black people not being obligated to go vote on anything when you didn't get us here in the first fucking place. Yeah. You know, so I get that, too. I don't I don't I get that the pressure shouldn't be on. It's not really on us. us. Three. 
So, um, yeah, but anyway, yeah, but like you said, and, th- and that's what I think my thought comes from is like when we had the conversation, I'm like, yeah, you're exactly right because there are, granted, I've seen more white women, more of my white women friends posting about this heartbeat bill than I have my black women friends. And I don't know what that means or if it means anything at all, but mm-hmm. I will say that I'm curious about the ways in which these so-called emblazoned white feminists have voted in the past and if they have taken the chance to go stand in that long line or whatever it is that they needed to do to make this not a possibility. Um, I, you know, this whole, anytime, I think you might've posted the other day, like you felt queasy about the conversation. Yeah. And I feel the same. Like it makes me fucking sick that this is even a thing. I, I feel personally attacked. Yeah. I'm not a person that is currently pregnant or is thinking about having an abortion, but it's just like, it just seems like you are way too inside of my business. Mm-hmm. Like you're regulating my personal body way too much for my mm-hmm. liking. Like at what point do you tell someone that they cannot rid themselves of a pregnancy that they either don't want just because they don't want to be pregnant, mm-hmm. either cannot be pregnant mm-hmm. at this particular time for whatever reason mm-hmm. Or, you know, like, they've been raped and they, you know, like, yeah, just so many, so many there's so and, many and, you things. Know, and I then I even saw something that was, like, in the cases of ectopic pregnancies that they would just take the egg and place it in your womb. I'm like, is that even possible? No, it's not. And, you know, this is going to stir up a lot of fucking bullshit because, like I said, and like we've mentioned or I've mentioned several times on this podcast, The work that I do is working directly with the people, maybe not the people, the most marginalized groups of people, because I do work in a more affluent part of town. Mm -hmm. So I'm not seeing a lot of low income women Mm -hmm. or people with uteruses, I should say, that are pregnant. Um, But I. But I do know um, that we do run into cases where babies have terminal illnesses and to think that you know we can actually be so advanced so believe it or not so and and that's the other thing too right like a lot of people who are just super conservative super uh, christian your baby has a life and a heartbeat and god cares and whatever the fuck you're saying Mm -hmm. those people don't even know the extent of what could happen in a pregnancy you won't you have no fucking clue about what could go wrong in a pregnancy and so when i think about the woman who has is sitting on a bed crying because she's been trying for seven years to have a baby. She's already 42. Her baby has some weird terminal illness, doesn't have kidneys, is definitely going to die. Mm-hmm. To think, to say to her, we know that it's getting harder for you to get pregnant the older you get, because that's true. Mm-hmm. And that's fine, but you still have to carry this baby for as long as the heart is. Is beating. That's the part that seems so fucking cruel to me because it's like, why would you, would you want that for yourself? Like you as a man, and you like, know, would you, could you be able to and, carry and something that is not able to live? Right. And that's the thing. I don't think it is in that specific really case. founded in that and in, in the people making or legislating these laws and the people 
bringing them to fruition. I don't think it's founded in the fact that they don't understand how fucked up it is. Mm -hmm. I think that evil and nefarious ways don't often present themselves like that. Like, I think we're giving them too much credit. Mm -hmm. I think they absolutely know how fucked up it is. I think they absolutely know the, the autonomy that they're trying to take away from people who are having babies is wrong on so many levels it's just a matter of keeping a certain amount of control and this is something that has to be done in order for them to keep control in order for people to keep oh low income people having babies that don't want them or are getting you know this sense of like i have a decision that i can make Mm -hmm. i don't have to carry this baby to term in order to keep that happening in order to keep these gel cells filled the way we like to do Mm -hmm. we gotta keep poor people having babies you know what i mean so or you know it's so kill them kill let them die it's fine let them have back alley abortions that's fine but the majority of them will just have a baby even if they don't want it all right, let me read some factoids okay. <laughs> since, I, since I did a little bit of research. Okay. Um, how will this new law affect Georgia? The Georgia law, which would take effect in 2020, prohibits most abortion most abortions once doctors can discern a fetal heartbeat. A milestone that occurs before some women know they are pregnant. In practice, the limit on abortion in Georgia will now be six weeks mm-hmm. of pregnancy instead of 20 weeks. Mm-hmm. That's... That's a vast difference. Mm-hmm. Um, expectations, exceptions are allowed to prevent death or serious harm to the woman and in cases of rape or incest in which a police report has been filed, which I definitely find fault with because a lot, we've talked about how a lot of rape survivors will not go to the police. Yeah. So for it's a, like for a myriad of reasons, a myriad I mean, of a lot reasons. of times it has to do with their own safety. So, yeah. So because I don't report my rape, I can't get rid of I don't this. deserve an abortion. Yeah, I don't um, deserve an abortion and then what, or incest. And in Alabama and in Alabama, that's oh, that's not, not even, even on the factor. table. That's not even that's a not even on the table. What the fuck y'all doing? You know what? I have feelings and thoughts about Alabama. I'm not trying to offend everybody, but fuck Alabama. Yeah. So um, that's really disgusting to me. Like, it just seems really sick. And it's like, if is this population control? Because if that's the thing, men can get multiple women pregnant all at once. A yeah. woman can only have one pregnancy at a yeah. time. She can only get pregnant once at a time again and that's what i'm saying like the conversation isn't even configured in my head about this men versus woman thing it's about it's more about white supremacy than it is about anything men else. versus women yeah um so i don't think the regulation i mean obviously because the people making the laws are majority cisgendered men yes yes i do understand that that's why the restrictions are less on men but I'm not saying that it is, I don't think it's a man versus woman issue. I don't think it's about women's rights. I don't think it's about any of that. I think it's first primarily about white supremacy mm. and about okay. control. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't completely disagree, but I think I'm seeing it from a different lens. Maybe it's just a place. you <laughs> a, a woman. A, yeah. Yeah. And I think, I, think, I mean, I'm a woman. There's intersections. I'm a woman, but I'm also a black woman yeah. in America. But I, so think, I feel you, but I think off top, it just feels like, ew. Yeah. Like you, I, it, you I really mean, hate people who can have babies. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like you just really. You, no. For me, it's you really want to control the bodies of people who can have babies. And I don't like that. That that makes me feel threatened. That makes me feel angry. Right. Because yeah. you're a woman. But again, I think... Uh, continue. I'm sorry. Go ahead. With no, no, no. Now. That's it. Well, I think... Okay. So we know... Or we also know another hella, hella women that happened this... Was it this week or maybe late last week? Um, Malaysia Booker, a trans mm-hmm. woman in Texas who was found shot dead. Um, At, this is after she was jumped by multiple, by multiple men and recorded. Men and yes. recorded, yes. Mm-hmm. So weeks ago, she was recorded being jumped. It was posted all over the internet. And then just a few short weeks later, she was found killed, murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think when we talk about that, and again, so not, remember you said like mad for right now. So now mm-hmm. the conversation has shifted slightly. There's a group of people saying you know or or feigning outrage about malaysia booker and you know how this is so terrible this is so awful um but i heart erica who i often listen to i make sure to always watch and listen to her posts on instagram because she's a very smart person mm-hmm. um but she brought up a good point about how trans people can't be considered they can't be afterthoughts in the conversations that we have like Mm -hmm. we can scream women's rights all day but what we're absolutely saying is that we don't care about trans men who are able to have babies or trans or yes trans men who can have babies yeah like it's like you can't really say you care about trans people's rights if you don't include them in every conversation yes. you're having. Which is why I'm policing myself so heavily in this conversation because I felt red. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. felt my thoughts around it were like, oh, attack on women, blah, blah, blah. And we can talk about, yes, we can talk about the origins of obstetrics in this country and all those things, but the conversation has gotten so much bigger. We've evolved. We've evolved. Yeah. And I think we have to do the work to have the conversation the way it needs to be had in order to really make, to create a revolution, Mm -hmm. to make it revolutionary. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like the, the ongoing women's rights, women's rights, women's rights is a predominantly white led movement. Yeah. You know what I mean? We know what, that. What would be a better way? I'm going to get you. I got you right here. <laughs> you got me I got though. you right here. So if you don't follow Erica Hart, her Instagram handle is at iHeartErica mm-hmm. with a K. And she is a really, really, I would put her on the level of like the Angela Davis of our time. I think like, you quote her. Literally every time we record. I love her. Yeah. Her, them, she she goes by she and them. But I literally, I'm like, this person has just opened my eyes to so many things that I don't think about. And as a black person, again, I feel red daily as a black person. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's just, it's accountability, which I appreciate. Oh, I'm on the Lemon Pepper Wet page. I can't find it. Um, which I appreciate and I do I feel like I want to share the knowledge and I feel like just making the simple changes within myself is how you sometimes just simply raise awareness for other people Mm -hmm. Um, so anyway so she posted something really great about ways to talk about reproductive justice as opposed to women's rights Okay, reproductive justice so that you are being Inclusive. inclusive Yes. Um, <clears throat> excuse me for a moment. 
Um, okay, so language to use around abortion that is inclusive, affirming, and based in reality. Reproductive health or rights as opposed to women's issues. Mm-hmm. People's bodies rather than women's bodies. Reminder, gender does not equal genitals. So again, yes. that's just like saying a trans man who may have a uterus still is still a person who can be affected by this bill, but we're screaming women's rights. Yes. Okay. That could be very exclusive. Exactly. People with uterus, people with a uterus instead of women, Mm -hmm. hands off my genitals instead of hands off my vagina, which that's Uh, I don't, I I don't like people. The gimmick, (laughs) the like the buzzwordy, Uh the social activism. I don't like it. I don't like it. And I, and I even try to, like you said, policing yourself. Like, I'm, I don't want to be involved with that part of, that's fine. of the movement. Yeah. Like, it, it makes me feel disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> that's, I totally understand that 100%. Um, she also has a don't include trans and non-binary, etc. folks as an afterthought. Mm-hmm. We need to fight for women because they matter. Oh, and trans non-binary people too. Just say people. Yeah. You know? Um, And also another popular thing that I keep hearing is behind everyone, there is likely someone who has had an abortion as opposed to behind every man, there's a woman who had an abortion. Okay. So I will, I will note that and I will try to be better about it because I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it, it, again, and I think it's easy to um, to direct the lens, to be very, like, self-directed when you're talking about an issue that matters. But if you're going to talk about it in a way that matters, then you, you must be inclusive. Right. You know what I mean? We talk about inclusiveness all the time when it comes to race things. Right. So we can't talk we can't say her name malaysia booker and then go back to talking about a matter that completely excludes her yeah or excludes trans people or her community you see what i mean i yes okay so i mean i think it's it's just a point it's just a point point. yeah it's a point and it's something that i've been thinking a lot about and a lot about how my how I frame things in my head mm-hmm. and like it's what almost the it's almost is. okay I guess what I what it's feeling like to me is that I get mad when things affect me mm-hmm. personally and like, that's so fair and that's fair but maybe that's not the way to go about it because we often scream like oh well we need white allies if we're gonna make a change right. in anything and if I feel that way as a black woman how could someone as a trans person not feel the same way? Like, well, we need cis allies mm-hmm. to make a change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're fucking right. I'm red. I've been dragged <laughs> and I've been red. Thanks, Erica. <laughs> <laughs> Where you at? Let me slide in your DMs uh, and look, tell you how you dragged how you my drag life. <laughs> look, she delivers a daily dragging. Like, I stand for her so hard. Yeah. She... Again, she's just well-read, well-educated. She knows what the fuck she's talking yeah. about. And it's one of those situations, it's like, I don't question that she knows what she's talking mm-hmm. about. Ever. It's because it all makes sense. It makes it sense makes when you start sense. thinking about it. Yeah, and there's a way to, there's a language that she uses, and there is a um, kind of 
sense of familiarity, like this way, like I'm going to say, like brought up a good point. You can't say feminism if you're not going to do anything with it. You can't say feminism. That's like wearing a, a shirt that says kale and never eating kale. You know, it's just like, you, you know, know, it's like she brings it to your level. She brings <laughs> it down. So the other day I went on a fucking rant uh-huh. <laughs> on Instagram because I was so disgusted. I think this was the day that the heartbeat bill was passed. Uh-huh. And I decided to like Google some shit for myself. Uh-huh. Like, what does it mean to be viable? Like, mm-hmm. what does that mean? And mm-hmm. like, when can a fetus survive on its own without its mother? Like, outside of the womb? Like, what did you find? I'm curious. I found that six weeks is nothing. No, yeah, six weeks ain't shit. Six weeks, you're the size of a rice grain. Yeah. So, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, it's. Yeah. You know, I don't want to get on. I don't want to. It's easy to just keep going. I mean, because it's so, it's such a mindfuck. It's so like, it seems so regressive, I think Mm -hmm. is the word. It's like, we know as black people Mm -hmm. how fucked up shit is here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But now it's like, oh shit, it's fucked up for y'all too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, damn, then it's really fucked up. It's really fucked up. Like, a six week old fetus does not look like anything that you would consider. And let me tell you something. And you, this is, you're, this is, this is what you do every single day. I know, day. and I try not to be a know-it-all when it comes to certain You shit, can be a know-it-all. This is your realm. Shit, and I just be like, okay. Yeah. Um, let me tell you what's going to happen. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Break it down. All the woke-ass, progressive-ass doctors will literally... I'm not going to say they're going to lie, but they're not going to be seeing heartbeats at six weeks. They're going to be... Because with the only way to see a heartbeat at six weeks is to do a transvaginal or an internal ultrasound Mm -hmm. an ultrasound probe is placed inside the vaginas to get a better perspective of the uterus that's the only way to see a fetus that small Mm -hmm. so there will be plenty of women who couldn't tolerate that exam there will be plenty of women who were bleeding too much for that exam there will be plenty of women whose body habitus couldn't allow you to see trust me there's gonna be all sorts of shit written in reports so people can do whatever they need to do people are gonna get around this but again, I think the people that will get around it won't look like us. Mm. The people that are going to get around it are the people that, again, are in affluent com- communities, the people that have the 16-year-old Betsy's and John's whose parents are like, what? You what? Okay, well, we're going to take you to our doctor who we've been seeing for 40 years now, yeah. and they're going to make it go away. Yeah. That's who it's going to be okay for. A couple things, a couple memes, a couple tweets <laughs> that I've seen. One, you would never allow a 16-year-old to adopt a child. Right. So why would you force, force them to have, have a, a child? Yeah. Two, people care so much about this unborn baby. Mm-hmm. Then they're like going crazy over your bump. But once the baby is born and it's now a member of the society, you don't right. give a fuck about what they got right. going on. You're not you don't adopting care. this baby. You're, you're, not. you're not adopting this baby. You're also not taking into consideration how fucking expensive it is to adopt a child. Right. And how many black kids aren't adopted because they're black kids right. and no one wants a black child. Unless they're from Ethiopia. Unless they're non-American, mm-hmm. which fine, but not fine because there's so many 
American black kids that go unnoticed. Right. Um, I think that was all. <laughs> but, but those, no, were those, the, are the, those were the, the two that stuck, that stuck out, out to me yeah. because I'm like, this is real. Like, this isn't pro life. This is a pro birth yeah. thing. This yeah. is a pro fetus. Like, yeah. and, oh, another one that unborn humans have more rights than black people in this United mm-hmm. States. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, these are all very, like, fucked up, really sad, hard truths. And it's just, like, I don't know. Like, I'm mad for a lot of reasons. But y'all just mad because you feel like you're, you know, hands off my pussy or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, again, I maintain a lot of the people that are screaming the loudest are not that... Married women with children can't be pro-choice, but a lot of people that are screaming the loudest are people that will never have to worry about this bill because mm-hmm. they can afford health care. They can afford contraception. Ooh. They aren't being raped by cousins and mm. brothers. They're living at home in their cush-ass lives with their cush-ass husband and their two kids. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's like the the people, the the most marginalized among us don't have the platform to speak out about their rage. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm, I guess, sure, uplift those voices, but are you giving space to those people to say their own piece, or are you just here to, to yell and post cute memes? I I don't know. Like, on a, on another, like, on a whole nother part of this, Mm-hmm. heartbeat bill is that you know Alyssa milano i don't know how she became the voice of women's rights or whatever she's definitely not i i don't i didn't i didn't pick her <laughs> right but she is first of all she's doing a couple things she's saying that we should ban like she's urging her fellow actor hollywood friends to pull their productions out of georgia right which this jason shit, bateman has already said he's not if the heartbeat bill goes through next year, he's not going to record in Georgia anymore. Right. Um, there were three specific production companies that have already pulled their their jobs out of Georgia. Mm-hmm. And I do know that um, Jordan Peele, and I forgot his partner's name because I just love Jordan Peele, they are going to actively like... Keegan-Michael go- Key. No, not not as a white guy. Okay. Um, okay. They're going to be putting some of their proceeds to different charities. Uh And I'm instead of pulling their productions out of Georgia, which I'm like, okay, thank you, because that has me worried for a whole other reason. Like this is my livelihood. And I get like if I was any other person, I'd be like, pull that shit. (laughs) Fuck Georgia, man. Boycott Georgia. But I mean, you have to think on a larger scale than that, right? Like, I mean, you have to know that pulling your, all of your productions out of a place like Georgia is taking, trust me, the movie industry knows what it's doing for Mm -hmm. Georgia, right? Like, there's Or what Georgia's doing for for them in turn. It's no secret. You know what I'm saying? As in, we, that puts a lot of people to work here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, you're punishing... And these are people who definitely do not agree with the heart. Right. Bill. These are people who look like me. <laughs> I mean, people who I, look I, like I, me. I'm as people. I'm people. Right. <laughs> but even people who don't look like me, but the the industry in general is very liberal. Like yeah. these 
these people don't feel the same way that fucking Kemp does. Yeah. So it's like, oh, like it's fucked up. Like I'm angry. I'm mad. Like boycott, whatever. Like it's fuck Alabama. I don't ever have. To, I mean, I might have to go there. Yeah. But- <laughs> I don't have to live there. Like, I don't have to live in Missouri. I don't have to give my money to Missouri. But because it's Georgia, it's Atlanta where I live, it's, like, a little bit personal. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It it makes me feel conflicted in many ways. Now, Alyssa Milano also suggested that there should be a sex ban. And for two seconds, I was like, fuck them niggas. I'm not fucking nobody anymore. But at the same time, I'm like, that doesn't mean anything. It like, doesn't mean anything. This, this sex ban is nothing. That means, like, that's also just affirming or reaffirming that our power is in our sexuality. Like, that, but also, do you know how many ways people have fucking sex, you idiot? Like, yeah. it's like, what are you even saying? And mind you, Alyssa Milano is what they call a turf. She's a trans exclusionary feminist, as in Ooh. she doesn't think that trans women should be a part of a feminist movement. Okay. Or can be included in the feminist movement. Mm. So it's like, you're, again, you're excluding a whole group of people that can get pregnant but still identify as men and also what kind of sex are you what kind of basic ass sex are you having that you're, I, you I don't know, know. <laughs> like it, it seems a little silly because there are so many women that could give a fuck about a heartbeat bill that are still going to be busting it wide open <laughs> for whatever man that comes around like so i don't know like it's just i just have there's a lot of there's a lot of feelings that I feel surrounding the heartbeat bill. Like I'm I'm annoyed. I'm pre-annoyed with white feminists and I'm angry just because it's some bullshit and I kind of feel a little bit threatened when it comes to work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um full on lemon. You know, this is where we should have been better about finding resources where you could donate your time or money to if you have it. To directly combat this bill or fund grassroots grassroots organizations who are doing a lot on the ground level to try and not get this bill to go through. Yeah. We don't have that right this second. Not right now. But we will... Um, soon and very soon. We'll find some for you. Um, We have... I mean, we don't have much time before next year, but... When the, what time is it? <laughs> Are we doing the countdown? What do you mean we don't have that time? It's time. Okay. I mean, it's May. How is it May? No, fuck it. It's basically June. It's practically Memorial don't Day. Is like make me do a spit take. I Memorial know. Day. You mean my birthday? Oh right. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, we we have some time before shit gets really yes. really real yeah but in in the meantime like i've just been i've been trying to think of ways i could contribute like there was a um protest at the capitol yesterday we kind of thought about going like me and my coworkers. we thought about going but it was like uh actually we have to work yeah and get some shit yeah. done but I don't know. Things like protesting and marching don't necessarily move me uh-huh. personally uh-huh. for me, myself. Uh-huh. So I'm still on the hunt of like groups I can show up to mm-hmm. or 
where I can donate some money or donate my Text-a-thons, time. calling representatives. Yeah. Vote, like doing on the ground, like getting people registered to vote, talking about why it's important to vote. You yeah. know, stuff that feels more actionary. Yeah, I'm I'm personally on the hunt for that. So when I find out, I'll... We'll share that with I'll y'all. let y'all know. Okay. Can we end on a positive note? Please. Can we talk about something positive? Please. Okay. <laughs> it's graduation season. <gasps> Everyone's graduating. I love graduation season. I love, I guess prom and graduation graduation season are like essentially the same season. Like they happen pretty much in the same season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Prom season is okay. I mean, I kind of feel some type of way because I didn't look like I was going to the fucking Met Gala. (laughs) When you were going to prom. For my prom, you did. (laughs) But I was like going to prom. For the times. Don't nobody go trying to find my prom picture. I'm going to post it. No. Oh my God. Please. Okay, cut my head out. I'm not. They're going to see that updo in all its glory. We're gonna see that update. Uh, okay, but no. Um, this is our what for the week yes. for the fucking year because yes. I'm jealous. A billionaire Robert F. Smith announced to the Morehouse College graduating class of 2019 that he would pay off their school debt. Bitch, I don't know what's wetter than that. Nothing. Nothing could Do be wetter. Do you know how he just set them up for so much success? They they don't even know how he just they don't even they haven't gotten know. them phone calls yet. <laughs> What's it called? What's that period called? Deferment? Yeah, where you can defer you stretch that shit out for as long as you can. They don't even know that life yet, and they will never know that life. And I'm just like, my heart is overjoyed for them. Um, Robert Frederick Smith is an American businessman, investor, and philanthropist. A he former, black. He black. A former chemical engineer and investment banker. He's the founder, chairman, and CEO of a private equity firm. Sounds sketch. Mm. Of Vista Equity Partners. I don't give a shit. Whatever. Whatever it is. He Whatever. got that guap. He's handling those. <laughs> Yo. 400 students. That's a lot. $40 million. That makes my heart. That really that is, does. Thank you. We can't say anything else after that. Like, I mean, okay, I know there is criticism on capitalism and why education costs so much in the first place. However, we doing it out here either way. You know yeah. what it means and your black ass family to go to college and finish and graduate? You With know no what that debt? means. But now you got no debt. On top of that. That's what I'm saying. Like, we know what it means as black people to get into any school. To finish, more of it, um, Morehouse College is a private institution. Yes. So you best believe a lot of these black students, black men are definitely on scholarship. If they're not, their parents are working double down, double hard to have to or put Or they them, are working or as well. I'm sure they're working as well. Like pe- villages are putting these kids through school. Like, I mean, yes, books, tuition, every whatever semester, however much you got to pay for dormitory housing, student housing, mm-hmm. cars, if they're out of state, all this shit. You know what I'm saying? So to, for someone to come in and say, you have no student loan debt. Yeah. Like, whew, yeah. I'm still looking at my balance like, mm, it should be a lot lower. 
Right, seems to like, be growing. How? I'm not in school anymore. Not in school anymore. <laughs> why is it getting and more? I graduated in 1772. So why would I, I end up my student loan debt? So long ago. Yo, I mean, I'm talking about, and then the, we're talking about Morehouse. It's a medical school there too. So there's hella people that are. I mean, I don't know if he's doing the med. Is he doing the? I don't know Maybe about that. But uh, oh, undergrad. He said undergrad. Undergrad. But yes. any either way. But that think about if you were going to med school after that you now, would be in such a great position to start yeah. yeah i mean think about how much debt these black doctors have to pay off just like i also want to i want someone not me to do a study mm-hmm. on i don't want to say success rate because that seems that's a lot of pressure but i want to see what those young men do with like the next say the next five years of their life starting off debt-free with a college education you know i mean some people will argue that "Mm, you don't need a degree to be successful which i'm that's i'm not disagreeing i'm not disagreeing but having that degree and the freedom the financial freedom like what what does that look like yeah what would that look like i mean Having student loan debt, yo, let me just tell y'all the woes. Like, they know the woes, they, Christina. Do they? I think Wait, everyone knows wages the woes. garnished. Tax returns Ooh. garnished. Um, uh, <laughs> like, oh, wages, that's your check. Wages garnished. Tax returns garnished. Credit score, FICO score lowered. Sound <laughs> like. Bro, all the way down. Phone calls day in, day I'm out. I'm not answering that call. I'm not, I already know who it is. <laughs> it's torture. It is torture. It's- and you know what? If we're gonna just tie that shit in, that's fucking with my mental health. <laughs> 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 Okay, true. Bro, <laughs> I was not expecting that. I'm but just real saying, real motherfucking talk. The pressure. I mean, it starts. It starts from jump. Like before you, you even graduate, they're like, graduate. Um, "Hey, by the way, you have six months." Also, let me sprinkle these credit cards on you real oh, quick. Oh, get a credit card. Anyway, um, shout out to class of 2019, Morehouse class of 2019. Shout out to all the graduates, even shout if you got hella student loan debt. You're seen. Yeah. We are seeing you <laughs> right. right now and <laughs> hit me up. Let me tell you what not to do. Right. Don't do anything I did. Play your um, student loans. Pay them. Pay them. Oof. Okay. Anyway, we won't go down that road. Well, t- that's another conversation for another, another time. Day. Okay, guys, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Lemon Pepper What, and you can find us on Instagram at Lemon Pepper What. Lemon Pepper What Pod, and you can find Christina at C dot Andrews, C D O T Andrews, and you can find me at Bethane the Drug. I feel like I would like to change my screen. You think so? I don't think I'm that girl anymore. Oh! I don't know who I am. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> Bye. Bye.